Welcome to the Agency Journey Podcast, where we connect with agency leaders to uncover the hidden systems and processes that drive their success. Now, let's dive into today's show. All right, welcome into another episode of Agency Journey. This is Gray McKenzie from Zen Pilot, and this is the show where we talk with agency founders and leaders about the systems and processes that make their agency thrive. And today I have Dr. Jeremy Wise of Rise 25, who's done thousands of interviews with successful entrepreneurs and CEOs. And we've flipped the script today. He's going to be interviewing me. You know, first of all, great thank you. And I encourage anyone to listen to all of your episodes of Agency Journey. I've been binge listened to them. If you are an agency owner, it's a must listen because you go through the journey and you go through some of the trials and tribulations and how people can up level. So I encourage people to check out episodes. What's a couple episodes? that people that are must listen to, Gray? Uh, there's a handful, but one that always sticks out to me, Marcus Sheridan uh, at the time was hmm. running the sales line. Now is a partner at uh, Impact uh, Brand and Design. Um, he was on maybe episode number 56 way back in the day and is an awesome one that we can link up in the show notes here. Um, and then, He was a big know, time speaker also. He is. He yeah. does a, a bunch of events, a bunch of speaking. Yeah, pool guy turned... Uh, Turned a little bit of uh, internet celebrity in terms Got of uh, speaking at events. I think the most charismatic speaker I've seen in person. So I love it. Definitely an episode I'd recommend. I don't think I've listened to that one. I need to listen to that one. Um, and, you know, before we get into this, we're going to go over, there is this um, walk through the journey and how this one agency up leveled um, and a paid ads agency. We'll go through that, that, in a kind of some of the, their journey and trials and tribulations. Before we do, I want to just say this episode is brought to you by Zen pilot. And if you don't know Zen pilot, you should check them out. They help agencies leverage proven systems and processes in streamline um, that you help streamline operations using ClickUp. And so if you want an expert set of eyes on your current operations, I suggest everyone should, uh, Gray, you know, because that's really what makes clients happy. It's what makes teams happy. And this helps agencies scale. So you can go to zenpilot.com, check out more. If you visit zenpilot.com slash demo, you can schedule a conversation with their team. And I've talked to their team numerous times. They are, uh, you know, their superpower is this. So check them out. And so this paid ads agency comes to you, Gray, what were some of the pain points they were experiencing? Um, so they were not dissimilar to most agencies and there's a little bit of, uh, there's always an element of chaos at the root of everything that we're dealing with, but specifically trying to figure things out the awesome, um, sales pipeline, really good network from the founders, the ability to win deals has never been an issue for them. The challenge is, as we're scaling up, what's the right organizational structure? How many accounts can we load onto our account managers and our media buyers, or what's the right org structure in terms of how we handle this and scale? And then inside of that, the distinction or the difference between kind of an A player, account manager, or strategist, and a B player or C player on the team, there's such a disparity in terms of the outcomes that clients were getting because there's no standardized process. So if, if they had someone who was great at running uh, Facebook ads or Google ads on the account, the account did well. And if they had somebody else, you know, there might be things that were missed or the account, there was just a lot of um, variance in the client results. That makes sense. Like if you go to McDonald's anywhere in the country, you know, you're going to order hamburger and fries and they're going to taste probably almost the same. And I guess we don't think of that from, from agency. If you, you know, you don't want to, you want to kind of take some of the human, as much of the human element out as you can. Right. 
Yeah, I think there's. So I, I think of it not as. I think that's the that that can feel a little bit robotic. Like I don't I don't want to remove people's creativity. We're all creatives here in this space. But I think of it as giving people the guidelines to operate within where they can exercise their creativity and maximize the impact of that creativity once they have the structure that they need to operate within. Yeah. And so so that's a pain point, like making sure all people are doing, you know, following a similar system. So because you, you want the clients to get the the outcome. Um, and you mentioned you know, sales managing different components of the business. What are some ways people use, I guess, ClickUp um, that maybe before they were using, they didn't think of it? Um, what, there's one common use case inside ClickUp that's new to almost every agency that we work with. We call it our account dashboard. And it's, hey, what's the profile of each client account that you're managing right now? Um, on that account, we'll have who's the team who's assigned to it, what services are they paying for, what's the billing status, what's the health of the client, what's the feedback scores that they're giving, kind of the, this is the one home base of your client accounts. And that um, account health piece, the visibility and, and then standard, you know, the, a standard process around how that gets updated and, uh, and communication gets sent back and forth internally on how accounts operate. That's, you know, that's one small piece of the overall puzzle of operations. But standardizing that and the expect expectations around it and then being able to, using ClickUp, and create these different views where we're visualizing, hey, how's one account manager's, how are their accounts doing versus another, or by service line, if we're looking at who's doing uh, Facebook ads with us versus doing Google ads with us versus doing CRO with us, um, what's the health by service line? And so being able to grab that has been impactful. And that's not, you know, I'm talking about it from a ClickUp perspective. It's something you could do in any tool. It's easy to do in ClickUp. Um, you could set up that same system in, in pretty much any tool. I'm curious, ClickUp is so flexible and could pretty much do anything you want. Are there certain things you recommend people not using ClickUp for? So in, inst in the instance, you mentioned the sales pipeline. Do people use ClickUp for their sales pipeline? Um, there are, we are working with agencies who are using ClickUp as a CRM. It's not my standard recommendation. So from a CRM perspective, almost always push that out to our, you know, our default recommendation is HubSpot. And there's a couple of variables that might push us to recommend a pipe drive or a copper. And then for very simple setups, I'll recommend ClickUp uh, often just to simplify the tool stack. But, um, but that's kind of a, a unique set of circumstances right now. I think long-term we're going to see more ClickUp CRM usage or uh, kind of using ClickUp as a CRM. And we've got kind of a starting point in terms of ClickUp CRMs that we'll plug in for agencies we're working with. But yeah, there's a, there's a ways to go there before yeah. it's a fully functional. CRM. So some people use it, but a HubSpot, PipeDrive, Copper, um, those are those are tools that you yeah, we'll, recommend? Yeah, we'll draw the line and say, hey, pre-revenue, push that into HubSpot or push that into the CRM that, that you have in place. Post-revenue, once someone signed up, that certainly has to live inside ClickUp. Any other use cases that you're like, you know what? Um, ClickUp is great for all this other stuff. This is not something that you should run in ClickUp, like an external tool. Um, we've got a lot of folks who want to run uh, invoicing or cost analysis inside ClickUp. And there's elements, I see this pop up all the time um, in terms of criticism of ClickUp. Hey, we can't track external costs or we can't track, um, track some of the um, kind of variable costs associated with projects. And you actually can <clears throat> with the right setup. It's not native functionality, but we've got uh, kind of some, some really robust functionality built on top of ClickUp for tracking it. But if you want to do uh, labor rates, billable rates, cost analysis, and invoicing integration, 
ClickUp's not the right tool for that right now. And so we'll make some specific recommendations about when to plug in a third-party tool, when to use ClickUp and just do exporting. But um, that's probably the other one that comes up pretty frequently that I'll push people and say, look, I know I'm supposed to be the ClickUp person, but this is, this is just not the job that I'd hire ClickUp right. to fundamentally for you right now. What are some of those third-party integrations that you've you've mentioned before? Yeah, Harvest and EverHour are the two primary, depending on the use case, the two primary okay. third-party time tracking um, tools that we'll recommend or that will help people plug in. Um, and then obviously from an invoicing perspective, you know, it's primarily like QuickBooks Online and Zero are the two main players with a side of FreshBooks and Wave Accounting. Got it. So we talked about this, you know, paid ads agency, some of the pain points they were having. Is there anything else around their situation that would be notable when they came to you? So this is not uncommon at all, but they'd already tried to solve this internally with a couple of different efforts. They'd already um, just tried taking a block of time and making an internal effort around, let's build out our processes, let's get this streamlined. Um, then- Were they then, trying ClickUp? Or were they trying other tools? No, they were, yeah, they were using Asana at the time. Okay. So um, then went and hired somebody internally in a leadership capacity to kind of come in and, in the COO type role and, uh, and build it out. And that lasted for seven or eight months. Um, they were paying, you know, a, a pretty healthy six-figure salary to somebody and just did not get very far in terms of the, the current setup. Um, having it actually be adopted by the team, having it, you know, there's a lot of edge cases that come up and issues that are, that are hard to fight through. So they'd already tried to solve it uh, internally a couple of times. And that was actually, what was interesting was we had a conversation with them uh, right before they made the decision to hire somebody internally. And that's not uncommon. And, you know, we've got in our sales cycle, we've got two different types of customers. We've got customers who the pain is intense. We're ready to buy. We'll buy right now. And we've got customers who say, I'm just digging. I'd love to see it. I'd love to know how it works. And then they'll go sit on it for a couple months and, and come back at some point. There's really a barbell in terms of our sales velocity. And this is one of those where they, they were debating, should I bring someone in house to do it? No, yep. now you could do both. I mean, right. Someone sure. could hire someone in house and be like, cool, this person is going to be head of this. And I'm going to work with Zen pilot to implement everything. But on the other case, what do you think is holding them back in their mind when they're like, I'm just going to bring someone internal to do it. Yep. What do you tell people when you're like, well, that's fine, but. Right. I mean, it's like any other job that you'd hire for somebody for, if they've got, if you trust the experience and they can prove that, Hey, we've got the systems and processes. I know how to plug this in. I know how to train a team. I know how to motivate people. I know how to make this all work together. And I know the right tech for us. If you're confident, then that person long-term and you're going to have that person in long-term capacity, it makes more sense than hiring somebody external. Um, you know, if, if there's a high enough level of confidence, but the best case scenario is when you have somebody who's the internal champion and then you also bring in an expert who's seen it hundreds and hundreds of times and can give you, Hey, here's the, here's the playbook for your and customized to your specific situation. Here's the playbook to follow and scale with. And so combining those two, uh, makes a lot of sense for the majority of agencies. And it's not always a new hire. Sometimes it's upskilling somebody who's already on the team or giving somebody a, a framework. Sometimes it, it does mean hiring somebody as well on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. You get the best of both worlds in that situation. So they go off and they hire someone, they try and do it. Well, first, I guess they try to do it internally. Then they hired someone specifically to do it. And then, then what yeah. happened? 
so I want to come back, let their internal person go once they figured out, hey, this is, although they had agency experience and they've run ops, none of that translated to, um, to the way that they were trying to run their business. Um, engaged with us, we went through you know, our audit process on the front end, let's pinpoint uh, what the main issues are, let's benchmark your performance against the hundreds of other agencies that we've benchmarked it against, figure out a prioritized action plan or game plan, and then into an implementation of ClickUp combined with kind of developing out the processes that they, that they need and standardizing that and then training the whole team on what those expectations are, how the processes work. Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of the next steps in the journey. What were some of the questions they ask you? I imagine people say, Gray, like we need to get this out the door. How long is this going to take? How many hours? What, how, what were the common questions they were asking? And then what did you yep. say? Uh, one thing that we get a lot of pushback around is the timeline. So I told them, look, you're biting off a lot here. Uh, this is going to take you, this is somewhere between an eight and 12 week um, engagement. If, if we're going to move fast, but get this done right. And um, they, like most agency owners, not very patient. They're like, nope, let's make it a four week engagement. I was like, we like, that's uh, even if we had the bandwidth to dedicate all our time to you, you're still running an agency in the day to day. Your team already has a lot on their plate. Like you guys won't, you just won't. There's, uh, there's so much that needs to happen here that it's not going to get knocked out and be done well um, in four weeks. So that's, that's one of the objections obviously around um, how can we accelerate the process? Um, one of the other ones was, you know, can we just have a, like, can we, can you guys give us the playbook and then just kind of reactively support afterwards and talk through the pros and cons of, of what the setup is. Um, but that's, that's one of the most common ones is how do we accelerate the timeline? How do we make sure that this is going to work for us? Is this really going to be the solution when we've already been burned? We tried to do it internally. We spent a lot of money to pay someone else to do it and got burned on that. How do we make sure this isn't a repeat of the past history? You know, Gray, there's, you know, there's two things, right? There's, um, you do um, help them through the guide implementation. There's another one that some sometimes, that's probably, I would say, you know, um, it seems like the most popular one. Um, what's the alternative to someone who doesn't want that one? Yeah. Maybe explain so, the difference between the two. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of high level in our models, you know, we will do, uh, from time to time, there you know there may be somebody who needs a, a super large agency. They need a custom engagement. We're coming in and doing it for them. Ultimately, it's not the best solution for people, but you know that would be a fifty to one hundred k project if we're going in, building it all out, training the team, and then training them how to use and manage the system. The um, kind of the middle tier in terms of our service offering is our favorite and our most common, which is a guided implementation process where we're doing it alongside. Um, an agency's team. And in those situations, you've got somebody internally who's kind of being coached the whole, the whole time, but we're, we're playing quarterback. We're coordinating the whole project, even though they're clicking the button. So they're learning the system and they're, um, they're running it. We're the ones who are leading the project. And then we've got um, our ClickUp for Agencies program right now where we're giving people the playbook. We're giving them the, the pre-built training assets. We're giving them the pre-built ClickUp install and we're giving them support um, and there's some proactive pieces to it, but where they're getting the quarterback and, and we're leaving it to them to say, Hey, go as fast as you can into this. Uh, we're going to, we're going to check in with you and we're going to answer questions as they come up. But 
you're the one now who's assuming that that role and responsibility of hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna save some money, but now I need to play quarterback and make sure that this is getting completed on time and and well. So for this case, they chose the middle tier. Yep. And what were some of the things that you did with them? Because you know I think people have in their minds what they want, but they don't really know how it's going to work and what's going to happen. What were some of the things that you took them through that maybe open their eyes inside of using ClickUp or even their systems that, that help them manage their company and clients better? So in their case, there's some mapping out simply of the journey that they lead clients on first to say, hey, this has to be consistent across the team. You can't have one person who's running a client call every week for the same size account and someone else who decides they're going to do it once every two weeks or once every three weeks. So we got to standardize some of the inputs here or else we, you know, the process building will just never stop. It's going to be, there's always going to be process improvement, but I want some type of uh, time box. Hey, here's, here's how many processes we have to get built out. This is kind of the first piece of simplifying or standardizing the inputs um, from there, leading the team through, the first thing is kind of the vision. What does a healthy paid media agency setup in ClickUp look like? And is that, you know, is this, uh, can get them excited about here's the, here's the potential when you have your work plan in this way, here's the type of clarity that it gives to individual contributors, managers, and, and executives. Um, and then leading them through the process build out inside ClickUp itself. Um, so building out and standardizing. And there was so much, edification that happened of the internal team talking through well, why don't we do things this way i do things, um, these things that way and there's that could go on and on forever so our job is to streamline that and make that as efficient as possible um, so those meetings don't kind of spiral out of out of control yeah you so, have to kind of sort out someone's internal baggage of processes in a sense right right because in the okay here you got to choose a path and it for may sure. be a combination, especially if they don't have all of it documented, taking everyone's and meshing it into actually a standardized process that everyone could follow. Right. And for, and for them, I mean, one thing that they really had going for them was they had strong uh, leadership to step in and make decisions when decisions need to get made. Anytime yeah. a process for us falls behind, it's almost always an indecisive team where no one wants to commit to anything. And we have to push hard to say, here's our, here's our recommendation, but you have to make the decision on, are we going to? Do weekly meetings or are we going to do bi-weekly and there's got to be a decision made if we're because we need to standardize this somewhere um i want to give you a new nickname and tagline gray which is um it's a working nickname but uh like the process psychologist or something hmm. but you like step in and like okay let's let's <laughs> let's figure out what's best for the team and and navigating the, the process counselor or psychologist that's funny yeah um, anything else with the kind of implementation that sticks out that was helpful for them or that, that stuck out that helped them create, uh, efficiencies. Um, the team all being trained on, here's exactly how, you, what your morning routine looks like and what the expectations are in the day to day was a big piece. And at first that felt cumbersome. Most teams that we work with go through a little bit of a soft, of, uh, a trough of sorrow for the, you know, the first week or week and a half after implementation. What do you mean by that? Um, they're being asked to do more than they were being asked to do previously. And there's no way around the fact that that's true because most of the time no agency has, hey, here's the expectation. They might say don't have any overdue tasks, but the easy workaround is just don't add your tasks into the 
platform and then you don't have any overdue tasks. Um, so, is it because they're not used to the platform and they're, it's like a learning curve thing or more, they just see more of the processes up. So it seems like there's a lot more to do, but actually that's the stuff they're already doing. It just wasn't being tracked. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the fundamental rule for us is if it's not in ClickUp, it didn't happen. We're trying to make this a single source of truth and that can only happen if the inputs are good. So yeah, at first it's going to, you know, there's, Hey, here's more stuff that I'm being asked to do. And the outcome that they got to um, was, Hey, we, um, we're now at a point where they had multiple account managers on the team. Say I used to wake up in the middle of the night thinking about, did I remember to do that thing or did I write it down somewhere? And now I'm sleeping through the night because I know that all my stuff is in here and I can forget, I can let it go at the end of the workday because it's all centralized. Um, all the context is there. The tasks are there. The team knows what to do. Um, and once that, once a couple influential people on the team had that experience, that was kind of the switch that um, flipped for the whole team where all of a sudden everyone said, okay, well, if they're into it, I, I can be into it as well. And that's super common in, uh, in these implementations. Let's talk about, great that for a second. So one outcome is that, that was really, that stuck out to you and them was just team satisfaction and i could see how that can just help with team retention because everyone just kind of knows what they need to do they know the expectation because it's all there what are some other outcomes that you see either with them or with other companies agencies in their specific use case there's a, um, a big uptick in terms of number of accounts once the processes got standardized and junior team members kind of got the expectation hey here's the the time allocated to to these accounts um their efficiency increased pretty dramatically. So, which the byproduct of that is obviously profitability. If you can get your same account management team to deliver the same or better results to clients in less time, their capacity increases, um, which allows your your profitability obviously to uh, to increase. So we see that uh, pretty common. And then just the data into like how do we make decisions around where there's things that need fixed. Um, they had kind of that. Uh, all the data points that they need to prioritize. Oh, here's the service line that needs to get fixed next, or here's the client that needs to let go, or the clients that we need to clone and try to figure out how to find more of. Yeah, so it helps. It helps the marketing and sales team as well um, because they, oh, we're spending all this time. Once you have the data, you can know oh, we're spending a ton of time on this type of client, but and this this person like a just a thrill to work with, and we want ten more of these, and you can track that more with the data. From what you're saying, for sure. And, and really, you get a little bit of that. But you know, right now, uh, we're wrapping up a client with, or we're wrapping up a project with one of the largest HubSpot partner agencies, and um, and, and we've worked with a couple in HubSpot's elite tier here over the last couple of months. And the the differences between how they, you know, there's a couple of fundamental things that have made one client specifically much more challenging to work with. Um, so to take that back to our growth team or sales team and say, hey. These are things that you need to watch out for and that you need to, you know, um, issues to address during the sales process to set clear expectations in terms of how are we going to create profitable, efficient, streamlined, on-time mm -hmm. projects. Great. I know we're at the time. I have one last question. I want to point people to Zen Pilot. Check out more. Check out more episodes of the Agency Journey. It's a fantastic podcast and great um, guests. Last question is about <clears throat> clients. Did cl Throughout this, do clients notice or do they say, oh, things are smoother or what's, what's usually the feedback from the client side? During the implementation itself? No, just once oh, it's afterwards. released. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So from the end client, 
um, we've got, there have been a number of agencies who've kind of, yeah, your clients, it. client. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Who, who've kind of promoted it to their, Hey, we worked with a team who's worked with 1900 agencies to streamline our operations. Here's some things that are changing. And it's a great Done. way to couch, especially if, if you're resetting some client expectations, it's a great way to kind of frame changes that we are making. Hey, I know we were doing an hour long weekly call. We're going to a 30 minute weekly call, but here's the thing that we're adding and it's going to be better. And this is all part of working with someone else. Um, but they're for sure noticing we're measuring client retention um, and, and client outcomes. And so the retention side, there are direct comments or direct feedback that agencies have gotten kind of the anecdotal pieces, but client retention um, is where it plays out the most um, just in yeah. terms of increasing agency LTV, which if you're running a retainer or recurring revenue model in an agency, that's the that's the key in terms of enterprise value that you're driving. Love it. Everyone go to zenpilot.com and check out the, uh, more podcast episodes. And Gray, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for listening to the Agency Journey Podcast. Visit agencyjourneyinsiders.com to join the podcast community and be sure to subscribe for future episodes.